Hello, ladies and gentlemen, yogis and yoginis. Welcome to the Art of Vibrant Living. I am your host, Daniel Aaron, your guide to the Art of Vibrant Living. Super excited that we got David Wolf with us today. And we got a really cool topic to go into about yoga, raw food, and free drinking, how to break free from the matrix and master your own life. I'll tell you more about David in a moment. First of all, thank you to Longevity Drops, our sponsor for today's show. And in addition to being obviously a super potent formula for our well-being, I'll come back later with a little more information from David Avocado because he is one of the founders of it. So with uh, no further ado to that, David Avocado, thank you for being a guest on this very first show of The Art of Vibrant Living. Thanks for having me, Daniel. And, Great to be uh, on your show. Since we are, and since we are on your channel, my show, your channel, it is us, it is we. Um, I reckon we need no introduction for you, though. I will say this: um, you, you were for me one of my uh, inspirations in the world of free thinking. You know, when I first discovered raw food, it was a whole. Uh, breakthrough for me like oh wait I don't have to eat just the way I was told from the beginning the box that I was born into and seeing how you had taken that into a platform for liberating people was really inspiring for me and I'm uh, always grateful for the years we spent working together palling around traveling together and uh, showing people ways of mastering their own lives I, I, so, I think that you're touching on a very important topic which is free thinking our, our civilization is like, oh, yeah, education is all about free thinking. Yeah, free thinking is great. Okay, yeah, we're gonna, uh, free thinking. Meanwhile, you actually start to free think. You'll get trolled, attacked, ripped apart, torn apart by fundamentalist maniacs. And when you dig into, like, what's their position really based on, you find out it's all just an illusion. It's not really based on anything. No, it's based on science. Uh-uh. When you look into the science, you go, this science isn't certain. And not only is it not certain, it's there's fraud involved. So free thinking is a great idea. We've all heard it before, but what we're getting into on this show is real free thinking, not fake free thinking. Like, oh, it's cool to free free think, but it, only in this box. Um, I'm with you on that. Well, and since you uh, have ushered us right into it, let's go a little bit deeper with that. Because I think you touched on one of the things that, that I think is fundamental to this question, which is, well, what are the pros and cons of free thinking? And what are the what are the benefits? What are the perils of it? And you touched on already in this day and age, in, in the age we live in with the internet, it's a whole different world. But what you know, why are some people pioneers and willing to go out there and think for themselves, and why are other people living more in a sheep role? It's it's the number one fear of all, and it's because we're a social creature, and it's fear of rejection. So if you actually freely think and you start to think things differently, whether you're a computer scientist, whether you're a programmer, whether you're a yogi, whether you're an inventor, you will butt up against the system. You'll butt up against the box that you're supposed to stay in. And that box is different for whatever, whatever you're researching. But what will occur is you're going to have a re response from the universe, a response from the forces that be that would be like, oh, you think that? We're rejecting you now. You think you can make a computer company? We're rejecting you now. You think you can be a success? We're rejecting you now. The, the rejection can come from family, friends. It can come from husband, wife. It can be that strong. So whenever you start to step out, let's say you're going to do a 30-day yoga challenge every single day. You're going to have forces that are going to come up and say, no, you can't. You're not able to do this. We're, you're not allowed to do this, that kind of thing. Yeah, all right, cool. Uh, I'm with you on that. That's absolutely what's happening. And tell me, what, what's your theory? Why does that happen? Well, if the number one reason why it happens is it's, it's testing your will. Are you truly a free thinker or are you faking it? Are you truly going to go out of the box and do the 30-day yoga challenge or are you just saying you're going to do it? When you come up against resistance, will you waffle, will you bend, or will you plow through? And so that's just how life is. It just appears that there's always a barrier there that tries to keep you in a box. And it's a, it's a comfortable box, but in order to get 
really into the unknown, you have to get uncomfortable and you have to, you have to do say, Hey, we're going to 30 days, we're doing this or a 30 day liquid diet challenge or a 30 day cleanse challenge or, or whatever it is. 30 days you're going to dedicate to focusing on your family, your business, whatever. There's always going to be this thing that tries to stop you. That keeps you, it says, Oh no, no, your husband, wife says, no, no, you can't do that. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not capable enough. You're not disciplined enough. All of that stuff is getting in the way of us breaking out. And that's really what free thinking is, is being able to say, no, I'm going to get out of the box and I'm going to power through and discipline my way through. That's one of the things we like to talk about too, which is another piece about free will and, and the power of breaking through the mold. And that is your will, your capability to stay behind it. And I think we want to get into that because that's a very big part of yoga and also a very big part of the, of the Taoist teachings that come out of the Taoist tonic herbal 2000 year old systems. Absolutely. You know, as I was thinking about what we're going to talk about in the show today, uh, I remembered a quotation that I came across about 15 years ago. And it said, as far as your free will goes, so goes your freedom. And I remember, sorry, as far as your self-discipline goes, so goes your freedom. And I remember reading that at the time. And I was like, well, wait a minute. what, what? And then it hit me like, yeah. Right, because without without self-control, without discipline, without the ability to master yourself, you got no freedom in life. And it's so many people think it's the opposite way. It's that you know, if I if I am disciplined, then I'm not free. I want to be free, man. So I just float around. But it actually turns out that the more we have the ability to have discipline and self-control, we get freedom. Well said. It's a paradox. I, I've been saying for years, and I, I think you've heard me say this before, at the fundamental fine detail of the world, there's a paradox in every area. doesn't matter what it is. There's always an area of paradox. And it's true with freedom, too. And it's true with free thinking. In order to be a free thinker, you have to be a disciplined researcher. Right. It, it's how, how are you going to how are you going to get to the deepest teachings of yoga without research? Right. You've got to research the best teachers. You taught me that you don't go to yoga classes unless they're the best teachers. You've got to research the books and find the old yoga books. You've got to be able to research and find out, hey, you know, what's the right methodology here for me to heal my body with my unique biology based on all of the yoga potential that's out there, including all the eight limbs of yoga. Maybe bhakti yoga and, and devotional yoga is the right path for healing. Um, and all of a sudden people are like, hey, no, no, you can't be, you're like a hippie now, you're praying, and or you're too, too spiritual, you're praying now. You know, bhakti yoga, devotional yoga. Whatever it is, there's gonna be some force that says, no, get back in the box, you're, you're getting out of the box, stop. And it's that, that paradox of discipline that actually breaks you out. And that keeps you moving forward as well because that creates a momentum. Absolutely. There's a, in one of the spiritual traditions, there's a great um, image for how to get to enlightenment or how to enter the gates of heaven. And the gates of heaven are flanked by two pillars. On the one side is healing. And, and that's fairly obvious, right? Healing. We all need healing in order to be whole, in order to remember who we are. On the other side is paradox. And that's just a simple realization that we're living in a dualistic world. First of all, we are spirit in the material world. There's a, the ultimate paradox. And part of free thinking has got to be the ability to hold different concepts in mind and in heart that seem to be contradictory, that seem not to make sense to each other. This You are touching on, I think, one of the fundamental philosophical quandaries of our time, which is paradox which is how can you simultaneously hold on to a spiritual belief and then also a scientific belief? And the way you do that is because when you get to the fine details of science, you find out there is no certain science. There is no science that's set in stone. It's all probabilities. It's all probabilities. We've known that for decades. It still hasn't filtered its way into the consciousness of the scientism religion, the way we've been sold it. Like, no, these are absolute facts. There can never change. No, they're not absolute facts and they can change. And that's what, what's, what is essentially happening is the scientism in this example of science, science as a fundamentalist religion is saying, no, 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 there is no probabilities. These are absolute certain facts. And as you investigate, you start to realize, uh, -uh that's a deception actually. 
And we call it the, as Rudolf Steiner called it, the Aramonic deception. You can never have a perfectly rational universe because a perfectly rational universe is defined by irrationality. You can never have a perfectly logical situation because logic is defined by illogic and illogic is defined by logic. You can't have yes without no. It's just, right? It's just, that's a dualistic nature of reality. But yet, when we get into like, no, 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 science has figured this out. It's 100% certain. We all of a sudden throw all of that obviousness out the window. We go, oh, oh yeah, no, science has figured this out. No, the science has not figured that out. It's a probability, and therefore there's an uncertainty. And actually, as you know, we need both certainty and uncertainty to be happy. To, to, to be alive, we need that. I'm with you. And all right, well, you, you've gotten uh, you've gotten into another area where I wanted to take us, which is cool. And, and I'll, I'll I'll drop it in and then say a bit about it and come back to you on it, which is how does free thinking relate to faith? And you know, one of the the, the the questions about free thinking is, well, how do you develop the ability to um, think on your own when there's so much information coming to us all the time? We're all born into these boxes we, we are, we're so conditioned and um what, what are the actual benefits that come with free thinking well let's, let's just start with that what what sayest thou on that you i what i say on that is you're weighing evidence all the time you're weighing evidence all the time you got evidence over here you got evidence over here there's never just evidence over here right which is again we our system of thinking that's telling you oh yeah be a free thinker but then it says all the evidence is this don't look over here though this is all right here and as soon as you start looking over here you start to go wait a second okay hold on this isn't actually a certain picture so you have to weigh the evidence and then from there you weigh the probabilities i like yoga because of the history it's got thousands of years behind it we know the probabilities are that if you follow the eight limbs of yoga, you'll become healthy, you'll become happy, you'll become successful in your life because we have so much evidence behind that and so much history. So if I'm going to weigh the evidence like, hey, am I going to go study you know, martial arts or I'm going to study yoga for longevity, I'm probably going to go to yoga because not that you can't be live long with martial arts, but in combat sports, you know, the chance of getting hurt, breaking a bone, all that kind of stuff goes up. And with yoga, the chances of hurting yourself go down, especially if it's the type of yoga that you teach, Daniel. And um, you're, you have a better chance of longevity. So it's weighing evidence. I'm with you. And, you know, um, for, for me, this, this, why I got into yoga, why I got obsessed with yoga is coming from my own background of studying philosophy in college. And I was thinking of going on to get a Ph.D. in philosophy. I realized what philosophy is, is it's so much mental and it's breaking things down and taking them apart. And I dig it. I love philosophy. But what yoga does is say, how do we put these things all together? How do we have this and this together? And it's experiential, right? What yoga it's great to have these ideas about it, but apply it in your life. Apply it in your own body. Apply it in your own experience. So when you talk about research, yeah, we want to research. We want to study. We want to look what the left says, what the right says. But ultimately, we've got to bring it back to our own experience of it. I, I really love the teachings of Jim Rohn. You know, and one of the things he taught me was that you have to have a, a philosophy. You have to develop your own philosophy of life. And what I love about the yogic philosophy and the reason why I've incorporated it into my life is because of exactly what you said. It's a research project you're doing on yourself. You're making it real. It's not esoteric. It's you. It's happening right now. And there's nothing more beautiful as a scientific experiment than your own body. Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, um, I get so many people asking, well, you know, how do you improve and how do you do this pose and how do you do that? And for me, it's always like the, the, the measure of success in yoga is how is it working in your life? Are you more stable? Are you happier? Are you less reactive? Are you able to love more? Are you able to trust yourself and have more confidence in life? Are you able to do what Jesus said, live in the world yet not be of it? All right, but I, I gotta ask you though, because you are, um, you're, you're such a researcher. You're so intellectual smart. You know, you're one of my uh, inspirations. One of the only people I know that reads probably as much or more than I do. Um, what do you think about this idea that often faith is, as the opposite of free thinking 
You know, it's, um, there's so many quotations out there that to have faith means to believe in something. Like Stevie Wonder said, superstition, when you believe in something you don't understand, then you suffer. What do you think? Well, I, I am a big fan of faith, which is believe, belief in things invisible, belief in goals, belief that you can achieve your destiny, belief in manifestation. Um, and that's, a, that's a, an uncertainty principle. It's a probability. I found out setting 100 goals every year, I always achieve about 33% of them. It just works out that way. It doesn't matter what the goal is. It's going to be the most bizarre goal in the world, but it just works out that way. So that has developed over, now it's 34 years, getting going on 35 years, actually, it's 2018, 35 years of setting goals. That has solidified a faith that if I set goals, I get goals from experience. So I have faith based on experience and faith is in no way a superstition unless you push it all the way. You know, Rudolf Steiner had this thing about Aramon, which is a super intense materialism. It's my way or the highway. This is the only way and all science is an exact fact. And then the other side, Rudolf Steiner called Luciferianism, which is all super woo woo spiritual. Nothing matters. You know, renunciate everything. And where what he says is we need to be right in the middle of those. And so you're in that middle of like, and it's kind of like this in your health. You want to consider what science has produced for us, but you don't only want to consider that because there can be fraud in science and agendas in science and big money in science is pushing certain conclusions. So you want to check in with your common sense. You want to check in with synchronicity. And that's what I was driving to with, with, your, with the answer to your question. You've got to tune into synchronicity and what is being synchronistically told to you in the line at the health food store? What is being synchronistically shown to you on a highway behind a truck? I mean, wherever these messages are coming in from, my guess is from experience is that God speaks to us in riddles and those riddles come through synchronicity. And if we don't pay attention to synchronicity, we fall into the lack of free thinking, we fall into a trap because we're not actually able to follow the, the um, breadcrumbs out of the forest. Absolutely. You know, in some ways, what you talked about with Steiner is, is it's almost like saying, you know, on this side, you got acidity. On this side, you got alkalinity. And if you go too far one way or the other, you're dead. You know, That's literally right. dead. And, yep. and, and related, um, one of my favorite teachers, David Hawkins, has a beautiful creation, you know, about it, the, um, a, a scale of consciousness where he measures everything, every thought, every experience, every quotation, uh, every study, every field on a scale of consciousness. And at the very bottom is disease and horror and corruption and, and anger and hate. And at the top is enlightenment. And what's really interesting is at the level of 340, I think it is, is where rational thought stops. You know, and that's as far as you can go with rational thought and to get above that to unconditional love or to enlightenment or to compassion, you have to go beyond what the mind can handle. It's a really interesting one. But hey, let's pause for a minute because um, I'm happy to have you here, especially on this show that we are sponsored by Longevity Drops. And uh, I know tons about the value of herbs. I'm coming back into the U.S. I need to say herbs now, not herbs. Um, and I want to hear from you, though. What is so unique and powerful about this formula? One of the major things in this formula is Shaga. The original batch of this product was a five-year in alcohol wild Shaga that was picked up in Vermont. And that's the main part of the formula. So you're getting the Shaga mushroom, which is one of the preeminent herbs in all of Chinese medicine. All temperate climate um, herbal systems from native North American to Russian to Finnish to Northern European Scandinavian, all of them use Shaga as a super herb, a super tonic and longevity substance. And it's basically one of the most important, in my opinion, the most important um, herbs in the world because it tastes good. It has a tremendous history behind it. And it's got this connection to the mushroom kingdom, which we've lost in the Western world. And I think it's because we, our culture, especially American culture, Australian culture, Canadian culture, is derivative of a lot of British influence, where they had cut down their forest 800 years ago, and the tree mushrooms like chaga 
were kind of forgotten about as an important medicine and survival tool. So Shaga leads the formula. We've got Marinda root, which is the, the closest thing we could come in, and noni. So we got the both part, Marinda is in the noni family. So we've got the noni and we've got the Marinda. So we've got the fruit and the root, which is important. And then we've got other little things in there. One of my favorites is Sistanch. And Sistanch is a really powerful Jing substance. And Jing is an important energy that we talk about a lot, which helps us to develop willpower and the ability to manifest. It's our primordial life force essence. It's our ability to power through. It's Muhammad Ali in the 15th round. It's, it's the late gain strength, the ability to get that second win. That's your Jing energy. And it can be nourished by herbs. And the herb that is most associated with it is Chaga, but also, and on top of that, Sistanch. Another one that we got in there is Romani, another Jinger that's in there as well. And there are several others. I don't want to belabor the point too much. We've gotten almost all the alcohol out of the formula. It's all the best coconut glycerin we could source in 20 years of research. So it's delicious, tastes good. I always have it with me, actually. I just came in from the store, so I just had to run over here. But it's sitting downstairs, my bottle. And it's one of the th things I do in the morning is I do a shot of that in the morning, one shot at night. All right, well, cool. So, so you got into um, already the, the medicine that is in herbs and how food can actually relate to how our brain works and how our consciousness works. So, and you know, part of how we got aligned, or actually I'll put it this way, part of how I developed my teacher training into what it is and how it got so well known is I said, well, if I'm gonna take people on a journey, if they're gonna be with me for 26 days, I wanna see how far can we go? What can we create for them? Um, how deep can they go into knowing the truth of who they are and how it all works? And in order to do that, I can't be feeding them McDonald's. I can't even be feeding them the, the normal sort of gray cooked food that you find in most retreat centers. So it, it was obvious to me, like, I want to feed people what I want to eat and nothing that I don't want to eat. So feeding vital, organic, raw food, vegetarian food became so important, such an important part of it. You know, and so what would you say, though, about uh, the relationship? Uh, the, what you're driving at is a very important point, and it's a point that I love and, and am very deeply into, and that is food helps us change our mind. If we get stuck in the meat and potatoes story over and over and over again, we get encrusted in that story and it makes it very difficult to change the dominant thoughts in our mind. As soon as we start drinking wheatgrass juice, for example, versus steak, we start having a different experience of thought and of body, of both. We, as soon as we say, oh, I, you know, I'm going to get off these, um, you know, toxic sugars, toxic carbs and get on to blueberries. And I mean, real amounts of blueberries, like a whole punnet of blueberries for breakfast and lunch and dinner, like when blueberries aren't at my house, it changes your mind. Because all of a sudden, instead of drinking, I don't know, Lucky Charm cereal with pasteurized, homogenized, glow-in-the-dark pharmaceutical milk, you're actually having a real food that's fresh and raw and original. There's a very powerful piece of the puzzle that's sitting there. As you know, you know that from experience, and I know that from experience. But for someone who's not had that experience, I, we implore you to investigate how you can change your mind by changing what you eat. When I say change your mind, I'm talking about change your mind about what you think about you. Change your mind about what you think is possible for you. One of the things you taught me, Daniel, is about yoga is like you don't put a limit on yourself of what you think is possible for you for any pose. And I've seen you evolve to doing stuff that I was like, I never in a million years would have thought you'd been able to do that. That's the power of raw food. I'm with you. And it's a great way of putting it. It's like when you open up to new options, then you expand your freedom. And, and that's what, you know, yoga is liberation. Raw food is liberation. Free thinking is saying, you know what? I am free to think whatever I want, to believe what I want, to create my life how I want. I got one of my best lessons for that came from me when I first went to Omega 20 something years ago, Omega Institute, where, the, where our next training is. Uh, when I went there 20 something years ago as a brand new student of yoga, and I remember so clearly the teacher there was showing this pose called Scorpion. You know, the guy was on his forearms and uh, his legs were up, his body was up like this and his legs were over. So he was inverted. Head. He's like in a handstand kind of thing, but his elbows are on the ground. Exactly. A yeah. forearm balance is another way it's called. 
Um, and he, he was inverted, which is a whole other topic, but he's doing this pose. And I remember looking at it like, whoa, that's so cool. And there's no way I could ever do that. And I remember that thought going through my head, you know, and I was, I was kind of, I was a bit fat then and I was really stiff and I was completely convinced of it. Like, no way could I ever do that. But then I got hooked on yoga for whatever reason, I sucked at it and it was really hard for me, but I kept going. And then sure enough, you know, it was only like a year later that I did that pose for the first time. And in that moment, it was like this little zoom, zoom, just went through me and I realized like, I was a liar. I told myself I couldn't do it and I lied, it's not true. So what else is possible? What else have I lied to myself about? Well said. That is so, that was, that's the crux of the matter right there. We have so many belief systems and you and I both share a very, very strong quote that we love. And that is we need to get out of belief systems and entertain possibilities for ourselves. This whole thing of believing and stuff is, is ruining the whole world. No, no, I believe this. This is a fact. Meanwhile, next, a year later, you're able to do that scorpion pose. You believed you couldn't, right? How many things are we wrong about with our belief systems? I'm going to tell you everything. All our beliefs are wrong. It's only about entertaining possibilities. So as soon as you get emotionally entrenched in believing in something, you're gonna you're in for a ride. This is what leads to all the aberrant behavior in our society. People, right? Like religious wars. What's that? My belief's better than yours. Um, scientific scientific wars. My belief's better than yours. You know, whatever. Both sides, all sides. It's a fundamentalist, fanatical belief that's behind everything. So forget it. Let's get into entertaining possibilities. I'm with you. And on on that, on that note, um, <clears throat> pardon me, on that note, I'm, I'm going to take this moment to give a special invitation to people. Um, because, you know, some of y'all that are tuning in right now, if you are into yoga, awesome. If you're not into yoga, or you think like yoga is for flexible people or I got to do all this stuff with my body and I don't want to wear tights or any of that. There's also something else for you here, which is, yes, I have a 26 day teacher training in May at Omega Institute. And that is a powerful life tra transforming opportunity. There's also a four day experience that comes at the very beginning of that called the vibrant life activation. Part of why that comes to mind for me right now is because what that is all about is well, one, going beyond our own fears, which is what usually keeps us from thinking on our own because because it is scary, you know, and the reason a lot of people um, sort of want to test us or hold us back is not because they really want badly for us. It's just that free thinking is scary. You know, if somebody comes up with something new, well, what does that mean about my old belief? What does that mean about me? Am I going to get pushed out of the tribe? So the first part of what we do, and, and this is the beginning of the teacher training also, is is really figure out what's our relationship with fear and master our relationship with fear. And then once we do that, then a whole world of possibilities open up and we can go right into what are our beliefs. And you know, just as Hamlet said, there is nothing true or untrue. It's just that believing or thinking makes it so. So the thing comes to be, well, what beliefs do I have and are they working for me? Or are they limiting me? Are they holding me back? And when we really get into that and see, actually, any, any belief can be either destructive for me or empowering, and then get into the really cool technology of how to bust, annihilate the beliefs that don't serve us, then we get incredible freedom, right? We're automatically tuned into a, to a, a way of thinking that we, we never even knew was possible, a way of empowering our life that we never knew was impossible. So whether you're wanting to go for a full 26-day immersion and have the possibility of being an awesome yoga teacher, or you want to just come for a four-day blast to take your life to a whole other level, either way, that's at Omega in May of 2018. We're in 2018. 2018. By the way, Omega Institute is just north of New York City, about an hour and a half, maybe less. And uh, you'd fly into Newark or, or LaGuardia or JFK and then drive from there. Or uh, I, think, I think Omega offers a, a trip up there. Don't they organize that for you? Or you could take the train. Yeah, they've got, they do it. They're great. I mean, it's such an incredible place. They've got uh, shuttles and all kinds of ways of getting up there. And it's, 
it's such an idyllic uh, place for it. I, I love, uh, you know, for 13 years I was doing trainings in Bali and it was awesome. I love it, you know, and the, the palm trees in the tropics. So now to be switching over to North America and specifically to Omega where they've got just such a beautiful campus and, a, and like uh, when I was there as a kid, we, uh, it's called a holistic learning center, but we always called it new age summer camp for adults. And, and it really is 2018. It's a new age. We are going into a whole new era and um, it's fun to be leading the way for ourselves rather than dragged along. Uh, well said. And, and just more about Omega. I've done many retreats at Omega and I definitely, and you set that up originally for me way back when my friends from Omega put a picture up on Instagram today and it's just covered with snow. So it's snowing there right now, and they're having a big freeze over there on the East Coast. So if you're on the East Coast, come up from Baltimore, come up from Virginia, come up to New York, come up from North Carolina, come up to New York. And then what are the dates, Daniel? Join Daniel on his retreat May, what's May it again? Two, May 2 through 28. Yep. May 2 through 28, 2018. Phenomenal. And the details are right here on this page. You'll find the link and uh, and, and join the conversation. Just step in and and engage yourself on a whole new level. A lot of the yoga training I've done, Daniel, has been showing up, for example, in Peru, like a weekend early, and then going into these like acro yoga stuff, which by the way, you know, you do all of that, including the, the yoga swing. You're going to get the full training like nobody in the world's giving you, plus the food, plus the free thinking and cracking out of your own belief systems um, at that retreat. And that's what you teach, Daniel. It's so awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And, um, and I feel so grateful to be able to do this work. And well, you know, actually that's probably a good segue into, um, I have got at least one more question for you. Um, and, you know, a quotation that we both love, the unexamined life is not worth living, right? And, um, and we so far in this conversation have talked a bit about the perils and dangers of free thinking and the, the challenges to free thinking. Um, let's flip it over to the other side, though, because, you know, pain uh, can motivate us, but pleasure can also keep things subs um, working for us ongoing. So what are the benefits of, um, of eating and moving and thinking and researching in ways that actually lead to free thinking? What are the benefits, in, in, you know, in your life and, and what do you think the benefits are for the people tuned in with us? Well, I think the number one benefit is that you become independent, you become sovereign, you become capable of taking care of yourself. And that is such a powerful benefit. So that means that whatever happens to you, dental problem, uh, medical problem, injury, whatever, you take responsibility of how you're going to deal with that. And that's so liberating. So you're not auto automatically throwing it to somebody else like, oh, doc, you got to fix me. It's, hey, let me consult with my doctor. Let me consult with my oriental medical doctor. Let me consult with myself. So that's a major benefit. It's just improving your health because you take control. You take responsibility. Another major benefit is you can innovate. You you can create, you can transform your industry. I think one of the biggest things for me about free thinking is it's helped me to transform the natural foods industry, right? Think of what superfoods would be today if I had never lived. Think of what super herbs would be today if I had never lived, right? It's, I basically created the, the, I, the eruption of those subject matters into the world, into the world conversation. And that to me is caused by the free thinking the ability to break through. So that to me is like, I'm, I'm achieving my destiny. What's better than that? Imagine I was too afraid. I was like, no, I got to stay in the box. People are criticizing because they say superfoods are fake and all you need to eat is chicken. You know, imagine I stayed in that box. So I, breaking through that has allowed me to get to my destiny. And the energy of that is called fulfillment. Fulfillment. It, it, that's the only, I, over the years I've been, it, is it happiness? No, because you know, we studied the Tony Robbins stuff. He's like, you're really trying to get to happiness. I don't know, I'm not. I'm not really trying to get to happiness. I'm trying to get to fulfillment, which is a different energy that's almost like a momentum energy that just is with you. Another thing too is depending on what your own individual goals are, one of my individual goals is I want to be able to, I can show up anywhere. I can be in Lima, Peru and without any money, nothing and create abundance out of nothing. It doesn't matter, right? That kind of thing I think is very possible once you break out of the box where you don't feel stuck in this life or this situation or this marriage or the, you know, this you know, job, you can create again and recreate yourself again. And ultimately to me, what I, you know, my own cosmology, God is about creation and creating. 
And as long as you stay in that creative center, you are able to be in alignment with the holy flow, you know, with God, you know, where you're able to stay in that brightness. And to me, that is what, be, there's nothing better than that. You're not going to find no benefit. I mean, oh, I'm going to be happy. Ha ha, I'm happy now. No, you know, it's like, how about being in the holy flow? That's beyond happiness. How about being in fulfillment beyond? So that's where I go to the answer to your question, which is a very good question. <laughs> that's awesome. You just took uh, vinyasa, which is often translated as flow. You took it to another level, the holy flow. And, and part of, I, I think, what you tapped into there is just the, the divine blueprint of why we are incarnate, why we are here on the earth, you know, to, to be in bodies yet not of the earth. The whole point of having this physical experience is to, in yogic terms or outside of yogic terms, it's, it's to know ourselves as God, as creator. Um, in yoga terms, it's called samadhi which means same as the highest. That's the realization that I am infinitely powerful, infinitely capable. And you also tapped into something I love um, that I, I first heard put this way through authentic happiness. <clears throat> and the, the founder of modern psychology, Martin Seligman, he put it this way, three levels of happiness. One level of happiness is what he calls ice cream and orgasm. And that is really good. Like everybody loves ice cream, everybody loves orgasm, and it's a really happy feeling for about a minute, or less, right? Um, second level, though, is when we, and we don't have to lose the ice cream orgasm, but we can go beyond that and get even more. The second level is when we get into flow, when we have the experience of flow in our lives, similar to what you talked about before with synchronicity, when, when it's like things are just happening, when we're not, um, we're not like noticing the clock, we're, we're so engaged in what we're doing in life, whether it's yoga or music, right? You love to play music or whether it's some kind of art, it's when, you know, when like we lose track of ourself, you know, in yoga terms, we create union, we become more than something else. The more we get into that flow state, the more alive we become and the more happy we get. And then the third stage, taps into what you said also, which is even better, is when we have ice cream and orgasm in our life, and we have flow state, the more the better, and we're dedicated to something beyond ourselves. We are contributing to the world. And, you know, ultimately to me, that's where um, fulfillment really comes from, is knowing that, like, I'm being used for something worthy. And I'm not always, you know, happy, happy in the midst of that. Sometimes it's hard or challenging when I'm working with a client or a student and they're really struggling to move through something or move beyond something and it seems like resistance sometimes that's challenging yet there's this incredible level of fulfillment knowing that i am serving them to awaken to who they can be let, let me ask you a question daniel we had in comments um we had a person ask can you do yoga if you have arthritis in c3 through c5 bone spurs in the neck and also arthritis and um, I3 through I5, and you know these are spinal injury kind of things or spinal damage kind of things. I really want you to address that because oftentimes, as you know, when we think about yoga, we think only it's just about this asana practice. You're going to do this physical movements, but can you just break it down for us a little bit about the whole breadth of of that? Because I'm looking at that going, oh yeah, you can definitely do yoga, but I want to hear from a yoga master like yourself. Is how do you deal with those kind of cases? Well, you know. Thank you. That's awesome that, um, that you caught that question. And it's a, it's a fantastic question. And um, it's, the thing is, yoga and free thinking does not work for everyone. It, you know, it's really good to be honest about it. It does not work for everyone. And one of the best lessons I got on this was, uh, I think it was the year 1999. I was living in Seattle, Washington, and I was driving on my way to teach a yoga class. And my mother calls me on the phone. And she says, Danny, she called me Danny. She said, Danny, I just saw a news report that talked about how yoga is for everyone. And, and they had old people doing yoga and they had people in chairs doing yoga and they had yoga in prisons. It's like everybody's doing yoga. And then she said, and I kid you not, she said, if I was younger, I would do yoga too. And it was priceless. <laughs> but I'll tell you, the thing is, not everyone can do yoga. It works for people if they, Hey. Okay, I can take over. All right, we lost Daniel there for a moment. He's going to come back on. Oh, do we got you? 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Thank we got. We got it back. Um, yoga. O- yoga only works for someone if they have a body, and only if they are willing to do it. And the beautiful, amazing thing about spiritual practice is the 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 baseline of it is now is what is. Start with this is who I am. This is what I got right now. You know, I got an injury in my back. I've got to reduce mobility. I'm tired. I'm old. I've got arthritis, whatever it is, that's the starting point. And the, and the way it works is you show up and do the best you can. You know, and, and what this confusion comes from is because yoga has become such a, a, a realm of only using the physical. It's, it's gymnastics. It's um, getting in shape. It's getting the hamstrings longer. It's you know, how to move the body. And, and that's why I started offering teacher trainings is because there's just so much more possible. And that's where the yoga scripture says, use the body. Yes, Hatha Yoga, use the body, but you use it in order to get to the mind because it's the mind that is keeping us stuck. You know, where true flexibility is, comes from and why we do all this stuff with the body is so that we can see who we are and see the world as it is truly. In yoga, the, the word for it is avidya. A video means false perception or not not understanding how things work. And we use the body, and all we have to do with the body, and this is back from again Patanjali Yoga Sutra, is make everything you do steady and strong. There's some challenge to it, but also make it easy, fun, so you can breathe. And you every pose, every moment of yoga is right in there in between challenge and also ease. And so wherever you are, whatever your injury is or whatever your ability is, there's always a way to stretch in simple terms, a way to stretch our bodies, but really to stretch our lives and our spirit. You, you said something to me, Daniel, one time that was the best thing ever. I want to just hand that off to everybody listening right now. It was one of my favorite moments ever in yoga. You said you were telling a story about how you're doing yoga and you're you're like in the middle of this like crazy pose you're really really trying and straining and the teacher comes up and says like hey you're, you're not breathing i don't know what you're doing but that's not yoga and then you shared that with many many different classes and you shared that with me one time in yoga while i was holding my breath and like trying to get in some crazy pose and not breathing so you're like i, I don't know what you're doing but that's not yoga and that really affected me so breathing seems to be the key core to breathe through it and stay in that intermediate space of ease, grace, but also stretching and pushing your limit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I remember that moment when when my te- when my teacher said that to me. Um, you know, I don't know what you're doing, but that's not yoga. I was like, oh no, my teacher just corrected me. Um, and it was such a, a good point, though. And, and what breath is, is it's the medium between spirit and physical. And it's, it's such a beautiful word because when we are inspired, right, we've got infinite energy. We've got infinite longevity. When we inspire, that means we take a breath in. And when we inspire, that means we bring in spirit. It's the measure of our physical life. And if we don't have breath, we're dead. And if we are moving our bodies around without breathing and trying to get into some shape as I was, I was trying so hard to do what I thought was going to be right or look cool. That's not yoga. (laughs) Yoga is when, yeah, you're stretching your body and and challenging it, but you're also tuned into your spirit and breathing and you're present. Well, Daniel, in spite of not trying to be look cool, you're still looking cool. So um, (laughs) at almost, you're almost 50 if I'm correct. Is that right? I am almost 50. It's amazing. So if you're if you're inspired by Daniel and, and his teachings, and you'll definitely be inspired when you see him and you get to meet him and, and do his classes and, his, and definitely get there to Omega. We'll put the details on the page here in the comments. You can click and find more details about that. I think you'll be amazed by what you can be at 50 versus what, what is usually happening at 50, which is this whole, you know, program in the box that says, oh, this, you're 50 now. This is all this stuff's got to happen. Um, we need to break that up for sure. And as we get older, don't we, Daniel, we've got to work harder and harder to make sure we don't get caught up in, in the box. That's one of the reasons why I like to travel a lot because it breaks up and disrupts the pattern. And all of a sudden, boom, it's like, okay, reset, renew. 
but for us, you know, all of us, it could be just a reset of our daily routine. You know, instead of working the night shift, work the day shift, sw switch it around, change your thoughts. Um, one last thing, Daniel, before we go, I want to just do a recap on your, on your retreat coming up in May. For those who want to come, there's two of them. There's the one that's a shorter just for the weekend, and then there's the full training. And then um, let's go through that for real quick, and then I want to um, mention one more thing. Yeah, and, and uh, I appreciate what you said, David, and, and you know, it's true, and I'm so grateful to yoga because I'm almost 50, and I feel so much better than I did when I was 20, when I was supposed to be in my prime, right? And every year that my body gets older, I feel better, I feel clearer, I feel happier, I feel stronger. Um, and, and I appreciate what, what you said about that. And part of what makes this training so spectacular is that it's also not just me. And most yoga teacher trainings that are out there these days are led by one person or maybe two people. Most of the time they're um, trainers who've been themselves practicing for uh, a couple years or a few years. Um, and what I did from the beginning is I said, well, you know, if we're going to take people on a journey for 26 days, let's take them as far as they can go. And I want to study with the best, just like you said. So I want the trainees to study with the best. And I don't want them to just get my perspective on it or take my word for it. Yeah, believe in possibilities, but don't take my word. Have your experience of it. So I bring in all these other teachers, you know, and, and that's why I invited you to be part of it. People that are not just... Um, into it or new to it, people that have been teaching for decades were masters of their particular lineage. And that's the other part is it's a multi-style training. It's to say, hey, you know, if you're going to really go deep into yourself and deep into yoga, whether you're going to teach or not, you need to know what Ashtanga yoga is about. You don't need to know what Iyengar yoga is about. You need to understand the anatomy of it. And, and not just understand it like, oh, yeah, I heard about that or I read a book about it. Like have an actual experience of it, have um, a deep experience of it with someone who's a real master in it. Um, so, yeah, if people have a look at the page that I think is going to be in the, in the comments there, you'll be able to see some of who and I'm inviting more people into it right now. And, it, and you know, if you got questions, you can see on there, there's a link you can get in touch and we can have a little chat about it, too. I wanted to, the last thing I wanted to mention, Daniel, is I wanted to reaffirm, you're going to be doing this, your show, your yoga show here on our Facebook channel every Wednesday at this time. Is that, is that what you've solidified? That's right. Every Wednesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the art of vibrant living. And I'm really excited about it because just like yoga is more than just moving the body, what it takes to, uh, to have a life that is art, to make your life into a masterpiece, masterpiece what it takes to have a vibrant energy in your life well it's more than just food it's more than just yoga it's a way of thinking you know it's going to give us a chance to get into all kinds of topics from productivity to parenting from sexuality to food from yoga and you know and it's, there's so many amazing people out there just in, in our network of friends that I, you know i have um, i have guests booked up for the next couple of months already <laughs> it's so fun that's great. So to everyone, tune in Wednesday. Daniel's going to be with us 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're looking forward to that. And by the way, I wanted to say uh, thank you to our sponsors over at Longevity Warehouse, Longevity Drops. It actually was our number one selling product over the holiday season. And it's been a product we've been working on for years, Daniel. We've been on that product just perfecting it, tweaking it, perfecting it. And, and it really has finally caught on. So if you're interested in that product, all the details are on the page. You can just click the link. We'll, we can also take you through and show you some of the ingredients here. We've got a commercial that we'll, we'll let run on the way out of the show. We'll have Tom uh, coordinate that for us. Um, but I don't want to take your, your show away, Daniel. What do you got for us in the final moments here? Well, you know, I, I'm grateful to Longevity Drops, and I'm grateful to the – to the wisdom and the opportunity that we have these days where we can have science and coconut glycerin, you know, extracting from the herbs, the, the richest, most potent medicine. And, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity that we have with technology that we can come together like this. And, you know, that you and I have been friends for more than two decades and we can, you know, get together and talk about stuff that's fun and interesting and valuable to people. So, Avocado, thank you for being on the show and sharing your experience and wisdom with us. Thank you so much. And thanks to everyone who's joined us for this incredibly enlightening, almost 55 minutes that we spent together. Daniel, really appreciate your wisdom and your, your yoga acumen and how you have the full picture. 
the holistic picture that you're sharing with us. Appreciate being on the show. Thanks so much. Right on. David Avocado, Wolf, thanks for being my first guest. And yes, absolutely to y'all, the viewers, the listeners, thank you for tuning in, for being interested. The fact that you are interested in longevity, in the art of vibrant living, in free thinking and creating your life into a masterpiece, that puts you on the side of the solution. If you're not part of the problem, you're part of If you are, if you're not part of the solution, you are part of the problem. And y'all are part of the solution just by your awareness and interest. So I am super grateful to you for being part of the solution. All right, y'all. Daniel Aaron, The Art of Vibrant Living. See you next week.